Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my short talk about is sunsetting killing morale. We did a poll on the main channel. If you're listening to this on other locations, you can always catch us live at SNTRlive.com. That brings you to the YouTube channel. Always remember now you can use that community tab to take part in our polls if you want to kind of throw in your ideas on either the upload channel or this channel. Usually when these hit the upload channel, there's a card up in the corner if you want to join us for the live stream. So listen, this is not me beating up on sunsetting. It's already been kind of overcooked and overbaked by Reddit, by YouTubers, by by you know Twitter. If you waste time on that cesspool, it's it's been a consistent complaint in the community. I wanted to talk in general about how it's killing morale with the idea of saying how could they make it more palatable. So this isn't me whining and complaining about sunsetting. This video is setting out to say, listen, this is killing morale for a variety of reasons. There's a there's a variety of reasons that people are approaching the game right now and saying sunsetting is killing my drive to play. The big tip off for me yesterday was a handful of very more hardcore players, Eugene being one of them, was like, I'm not playing. I don't want to play late in the season because I, I, you know the, the loot has a shorter shelf life. I've lost two months. Now, I don't, I don't necessarily resonate and empathize with that viewpoint. I'm like, that is just such a unique way of looking at the game. However, he has a lot in common with a lot of people right now. There are many folks looking at the loot pool in Destiny and saying very similar things. We learned that today when we went through all of the poll responses in that community tab on this YouTube channel. So, Destiny 2 Beyond Light was the first time Bungie ever instituted a system of gear retirement. Taken King was sort of a sweeping sunset, and they didn't even call it that. This is a system of gear retirement. Sunsetting was criticized by many in the community before it even launched when Luke Smith outlined his vision for how it would work. So, when he announced it, it became a problem. People were like, uh-uh, don't come for my guns, don't come for my loot. Now, content creators did not help at the time. There were a handful of people, one particular guy, you know, who, who runs a podcast, and I was on it a couple of times. He completely misrepresented Sunsetting, talked about how they were taking your guns away, and it got really confusing, and a lot of people got, like, a lot of misinformation. Not surprising from some of these people that, you know, they have no integrity, so they, they misrepresent situations to drum up rage. However, people still, once they fully Fully grappled with the idea of sunsetting, we're not happy with the way this was going to be implemented. Now that we're a few months into Destiny 2 Year 4, many players are claiming that gear sunsetting is hurting their morale as well as their drive to play the game. Are there ways Bungie can keep this system in place without making it so unpopular? Because I actually think it is necessary, as I argued recently in my sunsetting is not the problem video, but There's a handful of things they might be able to change, and I'm going to talk about that in this video. The recent subject of reissues caused a lot of players to ask the question, why are we chasing loot? There's many, many sort of criticisms or aversions that people have to this. The infusion cap feels like this looming expiration date, and it leaves some players with a feeling of dread at the thought of the gun being less than as the window gets shorter. So as the window gets shorter on that sunsetting of the weapon, they it's like this looming shadow over the gun. It kind of puts on it what I call like a gear blemish. It's like it's marked. It's not as good as it once was. Reissuing gear also caused quite a stir because what's the point of sunsetting gear if it's just going to return? This is a valid question. Why are you actually sunsetting 75% of the loot pool if you're going to bring back eight weapons in a season? Now, to be fair, they're sunsetting 
way more than they're reissuing, but it's a, it's a concern and a question that people have. Why, to a degree, take the weapon from the player if it's going to end up back in rotation in the loot pool? In some measure, that's what they're doing, right? They're, they're not taking it from you, but they are they're capping it. And then, if it's just going to end up back in the loot pool, back in circulation... What's the point here? These are questions that players have. Why chase loot if eventually I can't use it? Somebody brought up a really great point in today's poll. It's going to feel really weird to get VOG weapons and know that there's an expiration date on VOG weapons. That's going to feel a little weird. Now, it happened in Destiny 1, but they didn't tell us it was coming. It's in the frame. It's on your mind. You're looking at the gun and you can, like, see it, right? Obviously... Since I'm on the spectrum of always wanting new loot, so there's different types of players. There were many people today on the poll that were like, I don't really care. I just shuffle forward and use the new stuff. I'm on that spectrum. I'm a different type of player than the people that don't like this. I've got no issue putting something down after six to ten months of usage. That doesn't bother me. I'm like, I got half a year or close to a year out of this gun. I'm fine to put it down. But the fundamental question continues to hang in the air why are we chasing loot, right? If you're perpetually chasing loot, it can't consistently and continually get better. That's not actually possible. That's not a a tenable position. You know, every year, they can't be like, yep, all the weapons are better now. How? How do you do that? It's it's not possible. Now, I do think if they would have done a weapons 2.0 or whatever you call it, some people call it weapons 3.0, if they would have done something like they did with armor 2.0, people would have naturally been okay with regrinding for guns they already had. Like, oh, I got to go back in a garden to get the guns again. Why? Well, they've all been updated with all this new hotness. It's a it's a system update. There were system updates in Taken King, and Armor 2.0 was also a system update. Those were things that could have helped. But fundamentally, I want to talk about more time. I think that is one of the hangups a lot of people have right now about sunsetting. One of the main frustrating revelations that many in the community came to was that all the legendary loot guns and armor they're currently grinding for in Beyond Light will be sunset when Witch Queen arrives. This feels mistimed even though it's in the distant future. It feels strange to say all your guns from the Deepstone Crypt will be sunset as soon as Witch Queen gets here. It makes Witch Queen not this bright shining star out in the future. Can't wait for that story revelation expansion. It's looming like a shadow. As much as I still fundamentally believe that Destiny needed some measure of sunsetting, that doesn't mean I believe that the system and the implementation currently is perfect. Far from it. It was not implemented well, and it's not currently functioning in a way that is being praised by the community or welcomed. At the very least, the community outcry should make Bungie consider adjusting the time limit on infusion caps. I happen to believe 15 months would be more sensible window. If for one simple reason, the annual raid and expansion gear would extend into the next year's raid and expansion. It wouldn't get cut off as soon as the expansion hits. This seems like a completely reasonable request and maybe even a more logical system. You get into Beyond Light and you know everything you're earning is going to help you start to gear up when Witch Queen lands. And Witch Queen should be a greater investment or, I'm sorry, a greater injection of loot. So you start sort of filling your coffers with replacements and getting weapons and things to replace what's about to be sunset then everything you get in witch queen you know you can take into lightfall i think that's a little bit more logical and harmonious and it might soften the blow a little bit now some people are saying 18 months 24 months at that point it wouldn't even feel like sunsetting after two years i mean i i don't even know you're just gonna you're not even gonna be worried about some of those weapons it needs to be i think a little bit closer uh to when you get the weapon 
One more element to this that I think Bungie needs to consider is that they're tying it to the infusion cap and it's not this sort of, hey, you're suddenly in a new season, that's not good anymore. It is, as I call it, a gear blemish. So let's talk about slot leveling to end the video. One of the other unforeseen outcomes of sunsetting is what I've been referring to as a gear blemish. When a gun or a piece of armor is nearing the season in which it will be sunset, it feels almost silly to continue infusing or using that gear. I definitely resonate with this more than the other problems that folks have with sunsetting. I 100% resonate with that. The idea that, man, this thing's about to be sunset. Why bother using it anymore? Why bother infusing it? It's, it is now, quote-unquote, less than. Slot leveling would, in effect, keep this out of the frame for players. Let me explain the slot leveling very, very quickly. Once you would earn, for example, 1250 on your heavy slot, everything in that slot, if equipped, is 1250. The slot itself is what you're leveling up. This way you don't waste your time doing infusion fodder and having to have like, oh, I'm 1250, but this this heavy weapon's 1247 and this heavy weapon's 1232. All your weapons end up in a random smattering of power levels and it makes it more apparent to you that something is about to be sunset. You're like, this thing's nearing its sunset date. I'm not going to bother infusing it. What this would do is it pulls down the the slot level if it has been sunset. So once something has been slot leveled, the the level's been all the way up. If something's sunset and you slap it in there, it's just going to pull down the level of the slot. Slot leveling is a bad idea. It's already in the game, so you don't know what you're talking about. It's already in the game. Slot leveling's already here. The game already treats you as if your most highest equipable heavy is how it treats the slot of the heavy. It's already treating you as if slot leveling is a thing. What this does is it makes all non-said set gear feel worth using or experimenting with without the hurdle of constantly needing to get infusion fodder to drag them up, right? You drag them up. You're like, oh, drag it up, infuse it, drag it up, infuse it. So it's constantly in the frame. You're constantly thinking about the fact that this thing is about to be sunset. Infusion is an archaic system that is no longer necessary and it's part of the current sinking morale and players feeling as if their loot is blemished or is less than. It's time for certain elements of the gear system to improve, to bolster and support sunsetting. If sunsetting is here to stay, you have to bolster it with things. Quantity of loot, longer shelf life of the weapons, 12 months is probably too short, and slot leveling to keep the infusion caps out of frame so it feels like your viable loot options are more full and more robust than feeling like this thing's about to get knocked off. You would suddenly get into a season and realize it, and it wouldn't be as painful. These are ways I think Bungie can make you know uh, the sunsetting morale killing effect not be quite as extreme as it has been right now and hopefully they try to meet us in the middle on some of these things as always we're going to transition to Q&A so if you're in the live audience don't leave stick around for that and you can submit questions if you're a member so click join if you want to join in on that or go take our poll as always if you're listening elsewhere come catch us live at sntrlive.com and as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about, you know, the, the sun setting is a big morale killer right now. If you're listening to this in any of the other locations, you can always catch me live at SNTRlive.com. SNTRlive.com will bring you to my YouTube channel where we do these live streams. We now have a new poll feature we're going to be using as well. Make sure to check the community tab if you want to take part in that. So Gritter with the first question says, do you agree 
that it is more so Bungie's inability to deliver us weapons as strong as Gallahorn and Fatebringer to replace our sunset weapons that is hurting morale. The new raid exotic does 50% less damage to bosses. Is it possible Bungie is still scared to deliver on their promise? The rocket thing is actually a little bit of a misconception. Rockets in general, especially when they like shoot like a multi-rocket salvo or something, they're doing less damage to bosses as, a, as like a protection. They, this is not unique to the raid rocket launcher. But I do think you're getting at something, right? You're getting at the fact that they play it too safe. This was fundamentally one of the points I made in my video that the raid weapons are boring. It's not that the raid weapons are bad. It's that the raid weapons are boring. Okay. You can go into the raid right now and you can get stellar, stellar gear. You can, you can go into the raid and get stellar gear. The guns in the deep stone crypt are fine. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with them. They are, they get the job done. Okay. But the problem is, is that the way that they set it up and the way that you do it is you're fundamentally chasing loot that you feel like you've already used before in the past. They lean so heavily on the idea of doing you know, damage and reload perks, basically new versions of damage and reload perks that people like, like myself looked at them and said, okay, they're great weapons. There they are. They're great weapons, but they're, they're not actually, they're not actually doing anything as far as making you feel like you got something kind of crazy. As I said, they're playing it too safe, okay? Deep Stone Crypt, yeah, the shoddy is good. The hand cannon's good. You can get great rolls on all the guns down there, but they're playing it safe. We should always be like, I can't believe Bungie put this in the game. This is kind of crazy. And what I, we have a perfect example in the guillotine, right? We have a perfect example in the guillotine. Bungie didn't play as they with guillotine. They decided, you know, no, let's just make it awesome. We're going to buff swords. Swords are going to feel great. And we're going to have this wild guillotine in the, we- the game. Now, again, I know they nerfed it, but the guillotine is still a killer weapon with a god roll. It really, really is. It's still a killer weapon with a god roll. It, it, is, it is still a very, very efficient weapon. So from where I sit, if I'm Bungie, I would start taking more risks with, uh, with the endgame loot. That's what I would do. I would say, let's shake it up. Let's let's give people a sense of power fantasy. Like, wow, the raid really did add some crazy loot. The raid really did kind of go wild there. I said similar things about adept weapons and trials. They're just playing it safe. Have you ever watched one of those singing competition shows and your favorite contestant is up and you love their range and you love how much they can just belt out and you're really looking forward to tonight's performance and they sing some boring, ho-hum, safe song. They stay in a happy little safe pocket, no highs, no lows, no big soaring vocal moments and it's not memorable at all, right? They And they get, and they get, they usually get kind of chastised for it. They're like, you just really played it safe tonight. You're supposed to come out and try to win you're in the top five and you're and you're playing it safe that's what this feels like with destiny it's like you're bringing people up into the upper echelons you're bringing people up into the to the higher levels of of the game and you're playing it safe this is not the place to play it safe this is the place to take the risks and to kind of go crazy now i can almost hear bungie saying well we have to be really really careful with that because if we go kind of crazy and give you something really really strong and really really dope and then we overshoot and have to nerf it like the guillotine then people are going to be equally angry 
listen, I'm be real honest with you. I would rather have them overswing a little bit on the raid, and when we get stuff and we're like, this is a little buck wild, they're gonna have to trim this down a bit, and they trim it back, tr- trim it down next season. I would much rather have that. At least you tried. At least you made an effort to go insane. Now, my theory about the Deepstone Crypt raid is that the Deepstone Crypt raid itself as a raid as well as its loot pool was deep into development when they outlined their reasoning for sunsetting. That is why I don't think the raid loot and the Deepstone Crypt raid is, you know, like what they said like they want to make a bunch of recluses. They didn't do that, okay? They did not do that. They they failed to deliver on that aspiration that they put in that one tweet and they failed to make the raid loot, you know, more than best in slot best in slots an expectation that you should have of raid loot it you should you should you should be able to look at raid loot and say it's it is best in slot it's a raid gun the perks make it special the perks make it stand out that's how that's that to me is is how i look at the situation when i go into a raid or i go into a dungeon or trials I shouldn't be like, well, it's a best-in-slot weapon if you get the right rolls. What are you talking about? It's a raid gun. It should be. It should be best-in-slot. There's there's no reason that it should it it shouldn't be. It, it's you're literally going into the the end of the game. If you're going into the end of the game, that should not be a question in your mind. The question in your mind should be. How saucy is it? How exciting is it? What new things is it going to do? You know, what's special about it? I started saying before Beyond Light came out, what we should be asking of weapons is what does the weapon do? Y- having damage and reload perks, what are you talking about? That's literally what a weapon's supposed to do by default. What's good about this weapon? Um, it does it does good damage and it reloads quick. What you, uh, okay? What do you mean? That's what the gun's supposed to do. It should be good at that already. Right? It should be good at that already. What else does it do? Think of it as a spellcaster. Well, if you shoot four enemies in a row and you land crit hits, your next shot creates, you know, a webbing that pulls in a couple of enemies for a few seconds to help with crowd control. Oh, that's what it does. Utility perks are kind of there. They gave us surplus. They gave us wellspring. You know, they gave us chain reaction. So they are they are opening up some of those doors. But they need to continue to go down that line of thinking. Is what's the gun do? When I go into a raid, I shouldn't ask, is the gun good? That should be a presumed thing. When you go to a hotel and you're like, give me the presidential suite, your next question isn't, is it a nice room? Of course it's a nice room. It's the presidential suite. You might ask like, what are the perks? How big is the television? How is the view? Those are all the things on top. The base level expectation is I'm going up to the big house. I'm going up to the presidential suite. It's going to be legit. It's going to be expensive. If I'm going into a trials, you know, flawless run, or I'm going into a raid or a dungeon, the question should not ever be asked. Is it good? What do you mean? It it automatically should be good. The perks are everything on top. That's how it should work. 
the hand cannon currently that it is in is in the raid it should be close to if not a best in slot hand cannon for pve out of the box and then the perks come down to your preferences do you want firefly do you want chain lightning do you want burn damage do you want bleed damage do you want knockback do you want to do you want to reload where you throw the clip and it's a mini singularity grenade i'm just throwing out random things but that should be the question that we ask of the weapons what does it do it automatically should be shooting and reloading just because it does it slightly faster than another weapon that's not good enough that's pretty lame if that's the best you can come up with Bungie's perk innovation team has got to swing significantly harder or I'm always going to come back and say the same thing is this all you've got you literally can't break the confines of your own innovative creative brain to say do we have anything other than glorified reload perks and damage perks because that's all we got on the raid weapons just glorified reload and damage perks but it overloads the weapon with more bullets Oh, amazing. I can shoot longer before reloading. Now, yes, that that definitely helps with DPS phases in the raid, but by and large, 90% of the time I'm pulling out a shotgun, I'm not like, well, thank God there's 14 bullets in here because I was just going to unload on these guys. No, you usually pull your shotgun out and go, clunk, 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 put it away. It's glorified auto-loading holster. And in most scenarios... That you're not even excited about it. It's like, why? Well, I mean, it's overloaded, but I'm not going to use it all. You're describing exotic perks. If legendaries have these, why have exotics? See, you're getting at another issue legendary uh, weapons and exotic primaries. Exotic primaries don't get used. Why? Because you can only kill trash ads and majors so fast. You can only kill them so fast, and we are at the zenith of that. We're at the pinnacle of killing trash ads. So you are not going to run your Huckleberry. Why would you do that? Just pull out a really good auto rifle or an SMG. It's going to kill them just as fast. Why are you wasting that? There's exotic weapons like the Xenophage, the Lament, the Anarchy. Even if you don't even use a heavy you know, exotic, you could use the Divinity. You could use the Cold Heart. You could use a number of exotic weapons. You're never getting your fair trade when you go to an exotic primary. Primaries need to have pizzazz and flash. Like, is it really a problem if my primary weapon does this random singularity thing on trash ads? They're trash ads. Who the frick cares? I could kill them just as fast with the blue weapon. It's about the experience. It's about the experience. I could go through most encounters with a blue weapon and kill enemies just as fast. Killing trash ads is the base level content loop that makes this game addicting. What they need to do is dress it up. It needs to be more exciting. So sure, you might be like, well, that sounds like an exotic perk to me. Really? Like if suddenly you had a pulse rifle that could do what the what the Graviton Lance could do, is that breaking the game all of a sudden? No, it's not. Trash ads are trash. They die really quickly. They, who cares? Oh, no, you can't do that. It's going to break the game. What are you talking about? Outside of a Grandmaster Nightfall, are you ever struggling to kill trash ads? Take a blue weapon and you're not going to feel any difference. They die instantly. It's it's just like the example I've always given in Minecraft dungeons. When I'm hacking through the mobs, all of a sudden having a weapon that does knockback or random crits or random burn damage or random freeze damage, I'm killing the enemies generally just as quickly. The weapon swings slower and faster and has a different effect accordingly. 
and I'm killing the mobs just as fast. The difference is, the fresh new weapon that I just got changes the way the game feels. The experience is different. Oh wow, they're blowing up. Oh wow, they're freezing. Oh wow, they're getting knocked back. This is so brain dead simple. Like, it actually, I'm not talking to you in the chat. I'm saying, like, as far as innovation goes, like, this just feels so simple. Innovate on the effect. It, you're, we're never in a situation in Destiny, again, outside of like a Grandmaster. Even in contest modifier environments, you're not like, oh, these trash ads are really tough. Like, when I was in contest modifier uh, day one of the raid. The only time I felt that, that, that trash ads were pretty tough was at the end because they were close, they were glitchy, laggy, and then the captains had a shield. That was the only time I was like, ah, this is kind of tough. We're getting a little swarmed here. But by and large, killing trash ads is... It, it, is, the, it is that mob sl- hack and slash content loop of destiny that that is where they need to set their sights on the excitement of the things they did with stasis weapons should be doing the same thing dude you've got to get this raid weapon why it has this new perk on it it's so cool and you're at the end of the day you're killing the trash ads just as quickly but it just looks cool it just feels cooler i don't know the first time i used onslaught on the breakneck I wasn't killing the enemies really any faster, but man, it felt awesome when my gun was like, it like it was like, oh, this is crazy! I can't believe they put this in the game. Get out of stopwatch. My ad efficiency, my ad clearing efficiency is roughly the same. Roughly the same. Like the spectrum of how different you clearing ads with your with your weapon and my weapon, it's like it's like an accordion that barely moves. It's like there's not a big spectrum here. So stop playing it safe, Bungie. Go a little crazy. Shock Doctor. I like to play the game using the weapons I want. There are no 720 autos, no void pulse of any archetype, no void SMG of any archetype, no solar hand cannons ETC. Given Bungie's record, weapons will be sunset at the same rate that the new ones are released. Will Bungie ever be able to fill these gaps? Oh man. All of a sudden, my suggestion about getting rid of the kinetic energy disparity and throwing an element on every weapon and being able to re-roll the element to any elements, it suddenly sounds really good, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm being smug, and I'm being a little arrogant, but come on. There is a Void Pulse? Okay. Oh, the last Perdition. Okay, there is a Void Pulse. We have two 720 autos right now? I think the point he's getting at, though, is, you know, no void SMG, no solar hand cannon, you know, there are vacancies. Now, maybe he's not perfectly accurate in his in the vacancies. Um, you know, the Reckless Oracle's a 720. Oh, I mean, that mm, ooh, isn't that a problem, though? Isn't that a problem? Hang with me on this. That feels like a problem, doesn't it? Oh, there is a 720 auto. Where is it? Oh, it's in a raid. Oh, nah. see, that's a problem. That's a problem with both quantity as well as as well as archetypal vacancies. That see, suddenly, suddenly, I don't sound so stupid by banging on a drum from D1. Give us back elemental primaries. Let us change the elements on the gun. You will never create enough loot to fill these gaps. So fill them logistically with a system update. A weapons 2.0. The reason that doesn't sound good to me, because with weapons of the same archetype with different burns, we'll just clutter up vault space. That's your choice. 
What do you mean? That's your choice. If you really, really like a hand cannon and you want to get three versions so you can have an arc solar and a void, that's your choice. It's real expensive if you keep re- if you keep changing it, but you could change it like, oh, I got a good one finally. Well, it's solar. I don't need solar. I need arc. You change it before master working it, and it's reasonably priced. But that's your choice. Think about it. We do that anyway. You gravitate to a small pool of weapons, and then you ignore the rest. That's what you would do. You'd have multiple versions of your favorite shotgun and your favorite primary, and maybe your favorite sniper, maybe another primary, and then they, you, you. That's what I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling you, that would feel like it's cluttering up your your vault, but that's your choice. And hang with me. What have we been talking about all day today? Sunsetting killing morale. Do you think sunsetting would really hurt as bad if you were literally like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with all these new guns? Holy frick. Like, what? Oh my gosh, I don't have enough room in my vault. <gasps> Suddenly, sunsetting's not that big of a deal because you're drowning in both diversity of guns and quantity of pursuit. That is the ticket. If they're going to add 20-something weapons a season, why not get way more capital out of all of them by letting you change the elements on them? 20 20 weapons, in essence, suddenly becomes 60 weapons. You get way more capital. So you're like, well, I'm not a fan of the new auto rifle, but dude, this new pulse rifle is dope. I'm going to get three of these. This is awesome. I'm, I'm telling you, the, the the answer is there, and they just, they're so stubborn about this. They've been stubborn about it ever since D1. You're going to sit there and cut off your nose to spite your face. Nope, nope, can't have that. Can't have that kind of elemental freedom. Oh, really? Did osmosis suddenly break nightfalls? Oh, it didn't? Thank you for conceding the point. Give us back true elemental primaries and let us change the elements. You're welcome for literally a treasure trove of weapon diversity and vacancies being filled. Congratulations, you just fixed a significant problem in Destiny by flipping a couple switches in the background. Or stubbornly cross your arms, Bungie, like, no, we need the kinetic energy disparity for literally no reason at all. Uh, You know, oh, it's nice to get a kinetic secondary because then you get the crit bonus. Yes, on the whopping two archetypes that can land in a kinetic secondary, the sniper and the shotgun. Let's ignore the wave frame grenade launchers, the fusion rifles, the trace rifles. Let's just ignore those. Those are never going to show up there. Oh, and the the single fire uh, grenade launchers can be kinetic as well. I'm telling you, the answer's there. It's like the recipe for trials that they keep ignoring. A ton of loot generosity in the bottom echelons, a ton of ingen- uh, generosity and intentionality in the upper echelons for the adept gear, so the com- you know community hits equilibrium. But they want to sit here and fine-tune it and act like a bunch of numbskulls, like, well, we're going to give you more freedom with the token, so we're removing the win requirement, but then we're going to lower the token payout. Why? Why? You have the recipe for how to treat trials. They have the recipe for how to fill in archetypal vacancies, and they won't do it. You don't feel elemental burn kinetic will break the system? It already exists. It's called osmosis. It didn't break anything. You can literally have a kinetic weapon with an element on it. You just throw a grenade, and it didn't do anything. Oh no, what will we do? They can pop shields a little bit quicker. The entire game is falling apart. Think about what you're saying, right? I'm not mocking you, I'm mocking them. I'm mocking Bungie. It wouldn't break anything. What do elements in this game do? What do they do? They do one thing. They break 
shields faster. Be still my beating heart. What, 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 what is that? It's nothing. It doesn't do anything. It has the, it has the lowest functional use in the game. And yet people have that preference. They're like, I want a void of this. I want a arc of that. They have that preference. Just give them. Yeah, and then, they, and then it lowers your crit damage. Just get rid of that. All primaries are primaries. Do it. Just ship it. It adds more damage. No, it doesn't. You lower your crit damage, and then it increases how quickly it, it breaks shields. It, the answer's there. They can choose to ignore it, I guess, to their own peril. Enjoy having archetypal vacancies for the rest of time since you struggle with bandwidth to create weapons. Like, you, you made 30 weapons for an annual expansion. Don't you see how limited you are? Let's say you make 40 or 50 for Beyond, uh, for, for Witch Queen. You really wow us with 40 or 50 weapons. In a looter shooter, you're giving us, like... A, a smattering of weapons in that world you don't really get to beat your like beggars can't be choosers right like choosy beggars on reddit beggars can't be choosers you guys are barely putting loot in a loot based game you don't have the luxury to be stubborn about this it's if they continue on this pathway then enjoy continuing to have an ever present ever moving forward archetypal vacancies in a system that never adds enough loot to fill in the gaps that are always happening always uh follow-up question from chalk doctor in the same time that bungie has released 12 fusions 10 hand cannons and 14 shotguns there's only been three special grenade launchers six smgs four lmgs and three bows maybe the real problem is that bungie releases too many of one weapon type and doesn't focus on the others i mean generally speaking i don't necessarily think that they can always create an equal amount of weapons Hand cannons are certainly really popular, so yeah, they get a lot of love, right? It's... They're not necessarily going to always be like, well, we added 10 hand cannons, so we better add 10 of literally every other archetype. But what I just ranted about would certainly help. Well, yeah, they only added 6 SMGs, but all the different archetypes can have multiple, you know, elements. So you get more of them in essence. The limited weapons is a design choice, a choice they are trying to correct due to the blowback from Beyond Light. Right, and I'm telling you right now, talk about a full court press. You land in Witch Queen. They've added 50 weapons, and they've updated the weapon system, weapons 2.0, every gun gets an element. Every element can be changed. Every gun can be invested in. Just wham, just hit the ball out of the park everyone be like oh my gosh they finally did it they finally added both depth and quantity remember in my sun setting is not the problem video I said the two primary problems with destiny lack of quantity lack of depth that's it right there that's your big boy right remember that in uh, <laughs> remember that in Seinfeld where he's like eating the, the, the Drake's coffee cake and he's like oh is that the, the jumbo he's like oh yeah that's your big boy that's your big boy that's it that's your big boy. You land that expansion with 50 weapons and every legendary weapon has an element that can be changed. Boom. That would that would land like an anvil. Everyone's like, "Oh my gosh. This is this is what we've been waiting for. Investment in the weapons, control over the elements, vacancies have been filled, lots of quantity." 
Telling you. It's right there in front of them. Techno, not really a question, but Bungie said they've implemented sunsetting to fight power creep, but I think we need some. New weapons should be better, more standout, or more unique than the ones we had to give up. If our new guns are cooler than the ones we had to give up, we wouldn't be as against it. This relates to the point that we made at the very, very beginning where we said that, you know, they played it too safe. They definitely played it too safe. They, they should have concluded two things. We are sunsetting a lot of gear. And the next thing they should have concluded is maybe we should go a little crazy to you know to soften the blow. Maybe maybe we should be a little wild. Let, let's take some risks here. We're sunsetting 75% of the legendary loot pool. Uh let's take some risks. Let's let's swing hard at this and um see what we can come up with. Instead of we're we're sunsetting 75% of the loot pool. Well, better play it safe. Like that 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 doesn't the logic there just breaks down. They should have naturally concluded that they needed to go a little buck wild. It was like getting the guillotine and arrivals. I honestly feel like just that one weapon was it overshadowed some of the other problems with arrivals with the umbrals and the loot delivery and getting loot in the tower and the gnawing hunger situation. Like I think guillotine it helped. I'm not kidding. I, I'm dead serious. I think guillotine helps. Heart of Quartz. Do you think the artifact weapon mods should be done away with? With sunsetting being so extreme, the tightness of what's viable is squeezed tighter by making only certain weapons have mods. Right, so let's say you're frequenting activities where there are champions. And one of your favorite shiny new weapons is not one of the chosen. So for that season, it's not one of the chosen. It doesn't have a champion mod. You're going to spend an entire season not using that weapon in any content with a champion. That is incredibly stupid. Champion mod system is fine. In In respect to it adds some depth to the combat. They can't just suddenly make enemies stronger, but they've added mechanics to the enemies. That's a that's a that's a deepening of the combat as opposed to just like, oh, everything's stronger. So like that idea behind champions, I think, is totally fine. What's not fine is being like, hey, there's champions in here. Oh, sweet. Oh, but you can only use these three weapons. Wait, I'm sorry. What? I just spent all this time chasing this weapon, and I and I, and I can't I can't use champion mods on it. You know that 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 entire system. We bucked up against that in Sundial. Nobody wanted to run champion mods in Sundial because it was Scout, Pulse, and Bow. And it was like, we just came off of one that was SMG. Everybody loved running their Recluse. So everyone's running around with Recluse being like, well, I guess I'm not running a champion mod then. And then you'd get inside, you know, you'd, you'd get inside there and you'd start saying like, oh man, let's, uh, let's, let's start to do some Sundial. Like nobody's running the freaking champion mods definitely it's definitely a factor in people disliking champion mods as a concept or champions as a concept 100% hitman lono don't you think an overall issue is that this game has reached a point where it demands mmo playtime yet bungie has never fully committed to what makes mmos deep experiences that keep them flow- flowing years on end without issues like what we're experiencing I mean, you have to really taper this down, I think. I, I understand where you're coming from, but I would I would imagine a lot of people that play MMOs would say, this game does not require MMO commitment. It, it just simply doesn't. The loot is very, very intentional, very, very generous. 
We, we don't... We do not have to dedicate the MMO playtimes in this game to get the... To get there, I don't. I don't think so. the The amount of times that you need in, you know, to, to to grind things and get things in MMO or like you know, classic one like EverQuest or something, it's not even comparable. So the spirit of your question, I get. Like they're asking you to dedicate lots of time and hours to get everything. Why aren't you know? Why haven't they fully committed to being like more of an MMO? I would say they've owned their identity. It's an action MMO looter shooter, and there's plenty of loot right now for you to to go and chase with levels of intentionality. And it's it's adequate for the identity of the game, and it's adequate, you know, for how many hours the average player commits to Destiny. In WoW, you're lucky to get an exotic from a raid in a few hundred runs. See, exactly, exactly. Um... It took me a couple months to beat the world bosses in ESO. Right. The, the, the other games require a an unbelievable amount of time to make progress. Now, and to be fair, a lot of people point to those games and talk about how great they are and how much time they got out of them. And it's like, you have to understand, a lot of that is by design. Your sense of progression, you know, your your sense of your sense of movement uh, in the game and your sense of leveling, you know, loot pursuit, all of that is is very much you know designed to keep you running in circles you know and and so the progress is slow by design so nobody's playing those games and blazing through them because you literally can't they they don't allow you to you can't play them in a casual way or a laid-back way now i know some of that changed with wow and they started trying to appeal more to casuals but i don't think this game is is falling into that spectrum of time commitment at all ashen I gotta ask, Lono, what are your expectations for next season? I feel a dawn would be out of the question, but at this point, I'm expecting another tower event or contact event, and that worries me greatly as the seasons don't feel substantive. I feel we're in a different kind of drought. Well, and I don't know if you were here when I broke that down, Ashen. The Vex Offensive and the Sundial were a lot closer to when they had Vicarious Visions building Opulence. So that was at a time where they had shared bandwidth. So both both Vex Offensive and Sundial kind of got uh, you only get one Hawkmoon this week. Yeah, I know. You can't keep going back in. Um, uh, thanks for confirming that though, Techno. And so you know, the, the idea of those, those events Vex Offensive and Sundial benefited from when Bungie had more bandwidth, okay? And then the more distance we got from shared bandwidth, the more thin the activities got. However, however, there there is something that needs to be said about Season of Arrivals, and this point needs to really be made very, very clear. The interference mission that we played every single week was a pretty substantive area it wasn't always exactly the same, and it had a lot of great lore reveal and a really, really great conclusion. I would wager to say that the interference mission was larger and in some respects cooler than what we did in Sundial. And if that's the case, then that means Bungie has the bandwidth to do more than just a public event. Contact public event was thin and just some public space thing, but if interference would have been the activity that you could grind and run, keep running for drops, then I think people would have been like, oh, Bungie created another pretty good-sized activity with matchmaking, with a boss at the end, and then the boss changes near the end of the season, the way they did with, like, Inotam in the Sundial. 
So we can, I think we can take heart and hope in that and be like, you know what? Season of Arrivals did really well. It's just that interference was a weekly ritual as opposed to a loopable grind. It, again, I believe it was larger and in some respects cooler and more substantive than Sundial. If that would have been the activity grind, we would be able to say, okay, the tower event was kind of lame, but, but then Season of Arrival showed up and had a pretty cool activity. Bungie just decided to shift priority. They shifted priority to interference being more about a story delivery uh, activity as opposed to a loopable activity, which understandably meant that we got a more, a more thinned out, more basic activity for the public space. Now, somebody might say, but what if Bungie decides to do that going forward into the future? It's easier for them to create a linear thing that you do once a week as a ritual, kill a boss at the end, get a powerful, go talk to somebody and get some dialogue, and then just do some prop-up public event. That might be easier for them. 100%. Right? It would have, it would have, I think. Would you run a seasonal mod if it was along the lines of your energy weapon swaps to a certain energy damage if it took up a mod slot like a champion slot? I mean, I I like where your head's at, but I don't want it tied to something seasonally. I want to have control over my weapons. I don't want to have some arbitrary swapping artifact every season dictating what I can do and what I use. The artifact is supposed to be like a cherry on top, enhancing cool things like, oh, hey, this reloader's cheaper now, so you get to enjoy some cool load, you know, some cool new loadouts or something. Oppressive darkness, things like that. Imagine if interference was the loopable activity; it would have been nice. I think every time we started talking about arrivals in the contact public event and being worried that oh, all we're ever going to do is get these public event things, I think we always forgot how big and substantive interference was. Bungie just decided that was going to be a storytelling mechanism as opposed to a loopable mechanism. And hopefully they've received our feedback and are like, maybe we could have really weird, thin public event stuff that delivers the story. And then the bigger, more substantive areas are reserved for the activities. I'll give you that, I guess, but I still have apprehensions, especially since the expansion in the season, thus time had nothing in the way of an activity. Since the expansion and the season this time had nothing in the way of an activity. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. And maybe that's why they did it. Maybe they thought, well, Vex Offensive was an attached activity. It was actually pretty decent. And it was attached to an expansion. Maybe next time we don't do that. You know, maybe next time we're going to get a little bit more life out of it if we save it for later. I I don't know. You know, the tower public event would have been a little bit easier to ignore if it landed in Shadowkeep because you'd have been like, well, this event kind of sucks, but I got other things to do. You know, when it lands in a season and it's the only thing to do, it's like, uh, <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> I don't like this. There's nothing left to do. At least now we can go back to other things, you know, like we did when Reckoning came out. When Reckoning came out, everybody went back to the Black Armory. Well, you couldn't do that when when the Tower event came out, you know. You just, there was nowhere else to go back to. Um, JW, he intended to say nerf here. I feel like they almost didn't nerf, uh, didn't need to nerf, uh... Wait, I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm reading it wrong. I feel like they almost didn't need to sunset Mountaintop and Recluse because they literally nerfed it into the ground because uh, it's sunset anyway. Nerf, uh, Recluse and Mountaintop were not nerfed into the ground. I do not believe that these are accurate summaries of what happened to those weapons. The Recluse was still a perfectly fine weapon, and the Mountaintop 
is is still good it but it's not what it once was the mountaintop is not a piece of garbage all of a sudden i mean there are still people that run with it and it's still just as annoying to die to it um I don't think that I really really don't think recluse especially I don't think you could argue that it was nerfed into the ground I still used it after they nerfed it and it felt fine it didn't feel absurd as an example when I went into garden of salvation and contest modifier was on the recluse was so strong it almost didn't feel like contest modifier was on you know <laughs> once they nerfed it, it was like okay this this feels this feels better this feels more like just an adequate good weapon <laughs> It was it was kind of crazy how strong that weapon was. Um, if your feet are on the ground, the mountaintop is the exact same weapon. Mm-mm, excuse me. Uh, next question is from Bumble. Are we suffering from still living with Rampage Kill Clip still being in the game? Are the existence of those distorting how we see the new loot? Many worthy guns suffered from this. Well, this is. Uh, this is one of the this is one of the reasons that I remember there was there was some commentary put out there by a YouTuber and it started to get traction in the community and the idea was very simple that Bungie was doing what they could to move away from those perks they were going to start adding new perks and those perks were going to start showing up uh, less and less well obviously we got into the new the new season new expansion and that was simply not the case so it, it's very clear that Bungie's okay with these perks sticking around and to your point yes I believe they're problematic I believe it makes it difficult for people to have some sense of like well these new weapons are awesome they have new utilities as an example you know wellspring and and um and surplus they go really really well together but when you're comparing that to damage and reload perks they don't feel that good you know they don't they don't feel like they're really worth your time and, and worth you paying any attention to them because like you're saying the the damage and the reload perks are always kind of there overshadowing everything else and that's why i've continued to say what i was saying earlier elemental perks elemental perks elemental perks there's more flexibility there, there's more creativity there, and damage and reload perks would slowly f- drift out of drift out of the the frame for people because they'd be like, "Well, they're good, but they're not as exciting." Or they're good, but I've been using them for all this time. You know, one of the reasons that we go to them is because so many weapons suck without them. You're going to really use a 120 without a reload perk? You you're going to try you're going to take that for a spin. It's not going to be very fun. I think you slowly start homogenizing reload speeds to more reasonable speeds so that a weapon doesn't feel that it's like awful without a reload perk. That just shouldn't be a thing. Why is that a thing? Like, why make a weapon that is so bad it has to crutch on a perk? Well, this thing is terrible. Man, I hope I get a reload perk. Well, at that point, you're not picking the perk. The game's picking the perk for you. We made this gun so bad, you'd be an idiot not to run a reload perk. Okay, well now my agency and choice has been really removed from the occasion. I'm, I'm like, you're basically coercing me and shoving me in a direction. And then it's a cheap way to get you to celebrate about something being strong or good. You're like, oh, it's so awesome. Is it though? Is it? It's, you know, it's, it's a bad gun that, that, that needs those perks to be, to be good. That, that, that to me is not a good weapon. It isn't. 
Akuda Papa says, Why are people expecting amazing weapons right away? Everything we have was already being developed before the change in vision. I don't expect the new weapons coming until season 14 to Witch Queen. I, this is, I don't think this is in, this is accurate. This is an accurate statement. I don't think many people have this, these, uh, the optics on this is so hard for people to see. I'm not like insulting people. It's not really up to them to be in tune with development cycles of a company, right? That's that's a dilemma that that they don't necessarily need to constantly come out and put in front of us. But they could have said something to the effect of, "We're making decisions in Beyond Light, and we've 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 made some ground level tectonic shifts that have been, you know, lesser lesser popular amongst like you know more committed players." But this is going to enable us to do things in the future with content that's currently being developed. Most of the content you're currently playing was being developed simultaneously, you know, parallel along with these decisions. So they haven't necessarily benefited from these changes. You know, the problem is, is when you come out and say that, it sounds like you're just making excuses for bad content. They've got to be really careful with it. Because I can make it sound as good as possible and people would still interpret it. Oh, so basically you sold us crap. That's what you're saying, Bungie? You, you took all my weapons, you added sunsetting, you made all these changes, and you delayed Beyond Light, and I spent $50 for crap. You sold me junk. That's what people would do. If Bungie came out and was just just honest with us, and they were like, listen, a lot of this, a lot of this content, a lot of this loot, a lot of these encounters and these activities were being built before we decided about sunsetting and how it would be implemented and how we wanted upper echelon gear to stand out more and how we wanted to make more weapons in line with perks of like and strength of something like a recluse and now we can do that well this this loot and these activities and all this content was too far along in development for it to benefit from these perks they come out and say that and that's exactly what people would say so you knowingly sold us crap you made you made you made beyond light and all this junk loot and all this boring you know garbage and you sold it to us anyway that's how people would read that now you and i because we're not neanderthalic cavemen would be like okay that makes sense i'm not happy about it but it makes sense like i accept that like i got what i paid for i got a campaign i got new subclasses a new location and a bunch of new loot to chase and some of the quality points that you're aiming to improve long term haven't landed yet because you just put these systems into place and a lot of this content was already in development I get it, I get it, that's fine but the the Neanderthal tribalistic cavemen and women of the internet they don't need a lot to be really really nasty like just, <laughs> just check their twitter feeds every once in a while before they delete all their embarrassing tweets <laughs> People don't need a whole lot of reasons to get all wound up and negative, and like, this is just another one of those reasons where a developer is not really going to give you that perspective and, and give you that outline on what's going on. They're going to say, well, this is just excuse making and you knowingly sold us junk. And Bungie would be like, well, no, we didn't knowingly sell you junk. This was content that we're proud of, that we built, that we knew was going to be good and was going to be solid, but it's not benefiting from all these changes yet. This isn't benefiting. Arnold, they probably have a plan for sunsetting, but they aren't communicating much. Do you think it's become like where they communicate less, like how they do a season, the, the season with content for fear of leaks? Well, and this is really related to the last question, right? <clears throat> if they say way too much, it gets misconstrued, it gets interpreted as excuse making, it gets interpreted in a, in, a, in a number of different ways. And this is one of the reasons why developers don't necessarily like to come out and have a lot of transparency 
Bungie's had some pretty good transparency with us. Like, the fact that they actually came out and they said, hey, we didn't ship enough loot with Beyond Light, and we're committed to shipping more. There were people that were like, how did you guys not know you weren't shipping enough loot? How did you not know? Like, wh- I don't understand. You, 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 you shipped it and you knew that it wasn't going to have enough loot? Or you just came to the realization now? Everybody started interpreting that interview in, in the worst way possible. So, it, people basically look at it in one of two ways. So, like, either Bungie was clueless and had no idea this wasn't going to be enough loot, or they knew it wasn't going to be enough loot, and they shipped it anyway. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think Bungie had a very, very good grapple on the fact that, like, we are not in a position right now to deliver on a lot of quantity, and that's going to become that's going to become a problem. This is why Joe Blackburn was able to announce that they're hiring more people for the reward team. That was probably a decision that was months in the making. Throughout this year of working from home, throughout last year of working from home, they came to a clear decision of, we, we need more people on that team. We're not creating enough loot. We're literally creating activities that don't have loot. We created exo challenges. They're cool, they're dope, they're unique, and there's no loot in there. So they came to that decision. They probably had budgetary meetings to get approved, you know, funding for the increase in staff. Then they have to come up with staff, you know, uh, you know, allocation. Where are they going to go? What's their job description? Who are they going to report to? What's their salary going to be? And then now that you've announced it, now you got to start finding people to fill those gaps. That, those decisions are not made on a whim. It's not like Joe Blackburn woke up one morning and was like, you know what? I'm going to go do an interview and be like, yeah, we're, we're hiring more people. You know, that's it. F it. I'm getting a pumpkin. It's not like that. It's not like that. So I think it's a mixture. They went into Beyond Light knowing this is what we got. This is the best we got. Working from home, independent, no publisher, lost some bandwidth. We, we've got a minimum viable product that we can ship. And then we're going to have to make adjustments for the next year. They didn't knowingly sell you junk and they weren't in the dark about the fact that it was going to be light on loot because they made preparations to expand, you know, for for the future. So this 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 whole they're flying by the seat of their pants and they don't know what they're doing and there was no plan. That simply isn't possible. You can't bring back somebody like Blackburn and have him doing interviews about how we're hiring and this is our goals and this is our goals for this and this is our goals for that. They're well aware of a lot of the things we're bringing up. They're they're just not in a position. They're not in a position to just, oh yeah, hire more people and then immediately put more guns in the game. It's never, ever, ever that simple. On a a ship this size, the rudder turns are going to be slow. It's just it's just the way that it's just the way that it is. Radical. Do you think it's okay for some weapons to get sunset while others don't? Maybe gear that can only be acquired in a way that remains achievable in game can stay viable, while loot that is in content that becomes vaulted becomes sunset. Does this solve the issue sunset is trying to combat? We addressed this earlier and I did say there could be room for this to work. It would be muddy and fuzzy at first, but the idea would be simple. If something is in the game and grindable, the loot's viable. Now, the questions start to arise, though. What do you do with the number? Do you just keep bumping the number on all of our loot? What I basically concluded was if they were to do this system, hey, you know what? The moon is sticking around, and so is EDZ and Nessus, uh, and so is the Dreaming City. Anything that drops there is 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 not getting uh, sunset. So if you went to those weapons, 
there wouldn't even be an infusion cap you know they, they would there wouldn't even be an infusion cap it just wouldn't be there why you'd be like well th- we don't need to put infusion cap on it because it's still grindable it's still in the game so if you've got a lullaby a loud lullaby or somebody one of your buddies gets a new loud lullaby they're they're equal they're equal they're the same there's no infusion cap the infusion cap would it would would emerge when the destination and the activity goes away so you would do this with seasons so as soon as wrathborn hunts goes away all those guns would get hit with an infusion cap and then there's more loot to chase all those areas are still relevant if you never went and got weapons from the lectern or you never went and got those guns from the dreaming city you'd be like they're still viable they're still totally fine the question starts to emerge though does that mean there are areas that would literally never get sunset does that mean that there are that there are locations where you could always go back for forever probably and then it might start to get really muddy what happens once you start bringing planets back in out of the vault well I don't know sunsetting was supposed to help thin out the loot pool and we're kind of taking a cheat code you know Cheating's fun, but it can mess things up. You're going to start to mess up the entire spectrum here. The idea of like, well, you know, we're letting these things skate by. We're letting these things get get under the radar, but it's going to be a problem because eventually we're going to bring locations, planets, and activities back. And then what? When they bring those back, all the old gear is still good? They, They suddenly remove the infusion cap? So that's the other question. Is anything ever truly sunset then? Let's just imagine the moon goes away. They sunset the moon, they sunset the weapons. But then they want to bring the moon back in two years. What are you going to do with all those weapons? Suddenly unsunset them? You see? It's not a perfect system. It's not a perfect system, but it might be a better system because at least you would look at the game and be like, oh, yeah, there's plenty of these weapons to go get if I want them, or I already have one. You know? I have a loud lullaby. I'll just keep on using it. Did YouTube go down a bit for anybody else? We lost a chunk of people all in one swing. We lost about 100 folks, so there might have been a region that suddenly had a problem. Sunsetting was the biggest pendulum swing in the wrong direction in response to pinnacle weapons. I don't necessarily know if that's the only reason they did it, though. There were a lot of reasons provided in the director's cut about sunsetting, and that that was like one of many. That's not the sole reason. So I'd, I think that's a bit of a of an oversimplified conclusion. That's a little reductionist. Yes, they were responding to pinnacle weapons, and yes, it seems like a really strong reaction, like they swung really, really hard. But there were other reasons that they gave to doing sunsetting. That wasn't the only reason that they gave shell even though bungie knew they weren't going to produce enough loot uh, or content for the expansion they still charge 40 plus the season passed shouldn't we call them out on this and compare them to their previous work they could have only charged us 30 well no because it was bigger than shadow keep so i don't agree with this no it was bigger than shadow keep it made sense to cost more than shadow keep the what they did with season of the hunt is more substantive than what we got in uh, season of the undying season of the undying was one location activity it was certainly cool but there was nothing there there was no story there were no cutscenes no nothing that it, I actually am totally fine with the pricing structure I'm not going to beat them up for it at all because we got more we got more so we paid more 
Now, Shadowkeep threw in Season of the Undying, but I mean, Season of the Undying was just like, it literally was an NPC in activity. There was nothing there. With, with the lures, they unre- they, they, they've, they've un- uh, um, unveiled more. They did the thing with the Hawkmoon, that whole Hawkmoon area. The Harbinger missions, the mission is actually pretty dope. Wrathborn hunts are cheeks, I'll give you that. But at the very least, there's more involved with them than, uh, than what we did in Vex Offensive. Cutscene doesn't make a season big. Well, that wasn't the logic that I painted. I was just saying it has more. There's more going on in Season of the Hunt than we got in than Season of the Undying. Season of the Undying was literally audio from from Ikora and an activity. I thought I thought Vex Offensive was dope. I thought it was I thought it was better than the Tower event, but Season of the Hunt has more going on and was and was worth the ten dollars comparatively, and. Beyond Light has more going on and offered more than Shadowkeep. You can get into subjective discussions about what you liked or disliked or liked more or disliked more. That's not what we're discussing. We're discussing value transmission, quantity of loot, like quantity of activities. What did you get? Season of the Hunt is four reused bosses and four reused places. We got two cutscenes and some voice lines. Vex Offensive is worth more as it gets a lot more playtime. Yeah, but everybody's rewriting history. Everybody talked about Vex Offensive like it was a joke and it was terrible. I don't agree with that. Season of the Hunt also came with the Hawkmoon and the Harbinger mission and that whole area back there. That wasn't part of the expansion. That was part of Season of the Hunt. I don't know. We we can debate the finer points of Season of the Undying and Season of the Hunt until until and, and I guess until we're blue in the face. The fact of the matter was the expansion itself was bigger and did more than Shadowkeep with respect to new location, new new subclasses, and as far as like loot quantity, it it offered more. They said it was slightly bigger. It was going to be you know slightly bigger than Shadowkeep, but not the same size as Forsaken. So, I yeah. They, they decided to price it differently because, again, I feel like they thought the season offered more than just an activity with, with Ikora. It, it's, it's leading to a greater story. Again, you know, acting like cutscenes aren't part of the pricing. Like, again, we're, we're, we're a schizophrenic community. People are like, I don't care if there were cutscenes. It shouldn't cost more. But then they don't do cutscenes and they only do audio. It's like, well, Mom, come on. We could get some cutscenes. Let's have some cutscenes. We literally said that about the about the uh, Osiris almost dying and Sagira saving him. Oh, that would have been an amazing cutscene. Cutscenes are expensive. So is the voice acting. So is the writing. Like, all that costs money. And they didn't do any of that in Season of the Hunt. So you may not value it, but it's part of the pricing structure. It's part of the package. You know? it uh, it, it, it makes it more memorable for sure. Back to my earlier point, though, at least if the moon comes back in two years and the weapons become viable, it'll have been two years. I get it. I get it. You're just delaying, right? There's, there's, there's something to be said for waiting, you know? It makes it, it makes it more exciting. There's something to be said about that. Like, this is one of the things with, like, the, you know, the, like, the pleasure receptors in your brain and all that. Like, when you wait longer for something, the waiting makes it more enticing. This is one of the reasons it's, like, it's almost bittersweet when you finally get the god roll. It's like, oh, I'm done chasing this now. There, there, there's, the dopamine levels are at their highest when you're, when you're about to open the thing. When you're about to do the thing, they're at their highest. You know, you're about to open up the box. That's when it's at its highest. Not once you actually get it or do it. So it's like, there, there is, 
there's something to be said for it would be better if they did take these things out and make us wait longer this is why d1 i'm sorry year one weapons would be a more significant value because oh yeah these are such a such a bigger uptick man we're getting random rolls this is awesome so you know this is so much better people like man we just got those weapons you're already reissuing them it was a logistical decision more than anything. They're like, we need to make keep those planets, you know, relevant, and that's those are weapons from their pools. Neos. What do you think about sunsetting affecting the morale of Crucible? As a Crucible player, yes, I miss my old guns like Not Forgotten and the Spare Rations, uh, but I usually just find myself following the meta. I know this doesn't apply to everyone, but I feel we generally just follow the meta no matter what. It also depends if you're playing Trials or Iron Banner. Because that's a little bit different. You say you're following the meta, but what if the meta is a weapon that you used to use and you don't have one now? So currently it's fine, but there could definitely be a situation where a vacancy, a vacancy in the loot pool suddenly turns into a problem for you because you're like, oh man, this is the meta, but when I go into Iron Banner or Trials, there is... There's something to be said for the fact that, like, well, I can't use that stuff. You know, you're following the meta, but the vacancies might make it to where you can't follow the meta. Um, so, the founders of Subify discuss their innovations in their company that is made will change ways content creators and play. Here's an example. Subify's comprehensive service management software allows a dollar twenty-five per. Okay, so they're claiming that their platform is going to surpass YouTube. All right, <laughs> I'll take a look. Shell sunsetting is an issue that feels worse as it's not chasing a bunch of loot per expansion, but chasing a little per season with no real place to take it. Do you think sunsetting is ruining morale, or is the disconnect between content and the seasonal format lack of endgame depth? This is why I've continued to say that Bungie creates circles and they don't create spiral staircases they create really good circles and you run in the circle run in the circle run in the circle run in the circle and you're like cool I got all the stuff what do I do now if you have a spiral staircase then you've got a formula for depth so the example I've been giving is if you were running empire hell if you were running empire hunts and you were getting Europa armor and the Europa guns, and they had intrinsic perks, benefits, and even, um, I would even say set bonuses. And then you wanted that because when you go up into the harder empire hunts, it's helpful. And the harder empire hunts has good loot. It has loot worthy of your pursuit. You've now created a spiral staircase. The grind down here serves the grind up here. Now, no matter what you do, there is a crescendo. There is a climax, as it were. You're going to get to the point where you're like, that's it. I got everything. I got everything. Now, it feels a little bit better when you're working up to it, right? This is getting a little risque, and that's not what I'm trying to do. When you ran VOG and you were gearing up for VOG, it felt better when you went into hard mode knowing you had been grinding and now you had Oracle Disruptor and it was helping and it was making it go smoother. And then there was better loot in there, newer loot, things you didn't have yet. What you're essentially doing is, have you ever seen anybody do that? They take a piece of paper and they cut it into a circle and then they just cut a snake out of it. Have you ever done this for decorations? You go, you snake it, snake it, snake it, snake it, and then you pull on the middle and it goes like this and it like spreads out and it creates what essentially looks like a spiral staircase, okay? That's what Bungie needs to do is you take the circle and you carve out a middle and then another middle and you say, okay, we're going to raise this up. 
we're gonna we're gonna raise this up so the bottom rung serves the next run serves the next rung so you're not feeling like i'm running in a circle until i get what i want you feel like you are progressing in both power and efficiency and being rewarded accordingly you could have taken the same amount of loot in sundial and created what i'm talking about and it would have been more satisfying it would have been like getting this stuff getting the armor getting the guns these guns are helping going up to the next helping getting more set bonuses we could be purely pve benefit yeah you tie it to the activity you tie it to the activity in the destination you'd need a loadout system for this because you'd be changing your armor quite a bit this is how you add what joe blackburn talked about gameplay novelty to the armor this is how you do it oh man this armor is really helping with this activity this is going to be so great when they launch the hard mode and i can go into hard mode get the cooler better shinier stuff and work my way up instead what do they do they go like this slam they slam it all down it's just one big circle run sundial at normal for literally everything here's hard mode what do i get in hard mode um a pinnacle what that's the that's your answer do have you ever made a looter shooter before what's the matter with you guys what is this that's what that's what they have to do you could have done the same thing with vex offensive with sundial i don't know about the public event stuff the public event stuff gets kind of wacky because it's like it's in the public space you know the contact public event and the tower public event they sucked it was like well you can't do anything with that right now you could do it with wrathborn hunts instead of being like here's literally everything no you create the bottom rung and the bottom rung you're like yes these guns and armor help me kill everything a little bit faster and charge the lure a little bit faster and now i can go up to the next rung and everything's a little bit better stronger whatever and i'm working my way up to the tippity tippity top and then i'm done so when you're done with Wrathborn hunts, you feel like you progressed through something and, and were rewarded for your work along the way instead of, I'm just going to literally squeeze this activity and give it a little shake at the end. Oh, I got all my loot out of it. And then you're done. And you're like, what am I supposed to do with the loot? If the loot is serving a purpose along the way, it creates a tangible sort of, 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 of a value implant. You're like, got this. Yes. Boom. This is making this activity more enjoyable and faster and more efficient as I chase these other rewards that have been placed up here. Bungie creates circles instead of spiral staircases. And until they can figure that out, they're always going to have this problem. That's why I said quantity and depth. Put a bunch of loot in the game and then create a bunch of spiral staircases so there's depth. And you've you've won the looter shooter structural you know lottery. People are going to play more, chase more, and do more. And wherever you are along the spectrum, wherever you land on the spiral staircase, you're getting something worthy of your time. You're being rewarded for your for what you put in. If you chew a little, you get a little, right? It's like, a, I remember in an interview I had with a guy from uh, Nintendo Treehouse, he said that. He was like, if it's one of those games where the more you put in, the more you get out of it. Because if you're if you're really gonna really gonna gnaw on this game and really do a lot with it in different builds and stuff, he's like, you're gonna get a lot more out of the game. Same idea here. The more you put in, the more you'd climb those those staircases, the, the more you would feel that the rewards are are tangible. They're tied to the experience. Chess Queen. With Bungie giving us back prior weapons from other seasons as a stopgap past Witch Queen uh, to get them caught up. Oh, is that what they're doing? You think that's what they're doing? 
I'm really, really curious what the Umbral Recaster looks like. In three weeks, we'll know. I'm really, really curious how far back they're going. Are they going to expand it every season so every season there's more stuff showing up in there? If I can start getting stuff from year one in there and getting some random rolls, I just hate the fact that I'm getting it in the tower, but I would definitely do it. would definitely try and get some good guns from back then. You know. Bumble. Do we need more regular sandbox updates to ease sunsetting? They have been numerous guns that have just been sunset that were never given a chance to shine. Well, like the beautiful gun on screen right now got upgraded to a 120 and we never got to use it as a 120. I mean, you could right now in, in, in basic content, but it's not the same as taking it into like a raid or something. Um, so yeah, this is this is really, really good point. Rockets, man. Come on. Rockets. Oh, yeah, it's two weeks. Yeah, one week, two weeks. Yeah, sorry, two weeks. We'll know in two weeks. Rockets. They brought scouts out of retirement. You're like, yeah, scouts are good now. And you're like, oh, there's so many scouts I could have used. You know, my warden's law. I would have loved to use it as a 120. And there it sits in the vault. You know, there it sits. Robert Jones. Off topic. In the future, do you see all elements being reworked to act like stasis? Solar weapons will burn ETC. Well, I don't know, because presently there are no stasis weapons. There's a stasis grenade launcher that's lame, and it just helps you complete stasis bounties. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I don't know if this is even in the cards. We don't even know. We don't even know if they're going to give us uh, an actual uh, stasis weapon ever. We don't know if it's going to happen. Like stasis legendary weapons, are are there going to be legendary weapons with stasis on it? We we don't know. We don't know. A coup to Papa. Um, just pull it out and use it in low end content, like you said that we we can and should. I you know what's funny, Ashton? I would be doing that, but I'm not running even the low level content. There was no reason to run strikes. So like. I, fe- I fell off the horse with the game. It was like, go get these fragments. How? You gotta go into strikes and nightfalls. What? I, why? I don't want to do that. Right? If I was actually running the low-level content, I 100% would have pulled out a Warden's Law and my Loud Lullaby. I would have done it. But whenever I went into low-level content, I was like, I was like, this is painful. I was like, I don't want to do this. This is not what I want to do with my time right now. It, it just, it ends up feeling like you're, you're, you're running in a, a feudal circle because they're telling you to, not because there's anything worth doing in strikes. Um, could we get a minimum viable loot table that doesn't get sunset, but it's not great weapons? You'd still want to grind for seasonal weapons. I just don't know what where you would put these and what you would want to do with them. People asked about this for the world loot pool, and it's like refreshing the world loot pool is something they're going to be doing on a regular basis, mainly because they're, they're attempting... They're, uh, thanks mama they're attempting to keep that loot pool fresh for all those new players free to play players you know the people at the lower rung um, they they may it may not feel like they matter to you but they matter they matter uh, you, you can't you can't ignore those loot pools just leave them sitting there so I don't even really know where you would put these weapons and if they as you're saying like they're not great weapons who would care? People are not upset about a bunch of ho-hum rolls that they can't use anymore. They're upset that their god roll that they chased has been sunset. They're not like, man, I can't believe you got rid of that ho-hum legendary I had sitting in my vault. Like, that's not... So this isn't even really an answer. Um, Hitman says, 
I meant we want to be occupied 24-7. We want to be constantly grinding as if it was an MMO. We want that, but the game never committed to such a level of gameplay. Oh, I understand your question now, Hitman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, then you and I are in agreement that we've developed an affinity and a, and a lack of... We, we, we cannot be satisfied. And, you know, they never set out to build a game like that. So, yeah, we're in agreement. Gilly in the Mist. Off topic, but do you think set bonuses could work if they applied as long as they are in your character's inventory when they're in your the respective activity, even if you're not wearing them? I see this as a realistic solution without making a loadout system. Why would you type up such an awful punt that they could take advantage of? This is a punt if I've ever seen it. My man Crucial! What's up, dude? That is a faithful homie right there. Always stood by me. He always knew there was something going on back in the day. He used to call those dudes out on Twitter. I always like when you did. This is a punt, Gilly. You shouldn't even give them this idea. Like, no. If they, We need a loadout system and we need set bonuses. We need both. How lame would it feel is like, oh, I'm getting a bonus. I'm getting a set bonus. From what? Oh, some boots that I'm not wearing. What? Like, that doesn't even feel... I don't know. Don't give them an out. No. This is a punt. This isn't even a punt. This is like a bunt that doesn't even get somebody on the base. Like, I, you know, I guess I would say at the very least, we would get something that would make me chase the loot. So your implementation makes me cringe. But at the same time, I'm like, well, at least the loot would have value. Then I would go and chase all those armor pieces. But it would be really weird. It'd be like, I'm getting a set bonus because the armor is just like in my inventory. It's like, I'm not even wearing the boots. I'm not even wearing the helmet. Uh, we should have to wear it. We we should have to wear it, and and and, and implement a loadout system for frick's sake. Come on, you know if, if Dim and some of these other guys can do it, then Bungie can do it internally. They changed some of the background API stuff to Vulcan anyway. They should have a lot more flexibility back there now to enable us to do those things. You know, with transmog you wouldn't notice because it's not look based. You're right, but I'm telling you, that just feels really weird. You'd be you'd be creating another problem, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, we don't have a loadout system, but you got to drag a bunch of loot around in your inventory to benefit from having it without wearing it. I don't know. Do you think the rumors are true about getting another dark subclass in Witch Queen expansion? Oh yeah, hundred percent. You're gonna get a new darkness subclass every expansion. We're going to get like poison or corruption, like a green one in Witch Queen. And then I think we're going to get like a blighted taken subclass in Lightfall. Um, you won't have any drawbacks. That's a bad system. Yeah, you just get all the benefits. You just get all the benefits. You just cruise from activity to activity. Never change your loadout at all. Mm, I don't know. I don't like it. Looks, Your looks would be based on a different screen. And then the inventory is just a pool of different stat rolls. You have to understand, Gilly, you're perpetuating a problem that Joe Blackburn said he wanted to solve. You are not creating a a gameplay novelty that's attached to armor. Armor becomes superfluous at that point. Armor is literally just a means of getting stats, and then the mods are determining everything else, and so it's transmog. You're perpetuating a problem that they said they want to solve. I love the idea of, like, give give us set bonuses and perks, but I don't love the idea of disconnecting it from the armor. That's a problem we have now. Armor has no novelty of its own. It's literally a means of getting stats, and then your mods determine everything else. You're, you're going to disconnect that even further with a system like this. Clickfire. 
Is it just me, or does it seem like many of the reasons for sunsetting aren't actually happening? OP new weapons, more unique crazy weapons, ETC, you just said the same thing twice, uh, so there's no need for an ETC. Seems Bungie is still afraid to go crazy with sunsetting. Yeah, we, we've, we've, we've come around now, we're feeding a fed horse. Um, <laughs> we're feeding a fed horse here, we already discussed this, you just weren't here, Clickfire, um, and we are at kind of the, the end of the, the question. So, I definitely said that we're not getting those things, and they played it too safe. I 100% agree with that. With the nature of how far-reaching sunsetting was and how many pieces of loot they sunset, I think they should have been a lot more risky with it as opposed to playing it so safe. So I definitely agree with you. Listen, if you're here right now, I am not shutting down the stream, so stick around for more conversation. We usually have like an epilogue where people keep discussing, and then we got some more things going on today. Like, you can still take part in the poll. Use the shirt command and use code LONO at 80stees.com. This Venom shirt is available, and you can use it on any of the shirts there. Uh, they're going to ship me some more. They want me to f- showcase them some of their top sellers. So we got some more shirts on the way. Uh, as always, if you are parting ways with me, usually around the end of Q&A, a lot of you take the day and you leave. Press like and subscribe on your way out. We're really close to 1,100 likes, and we love seeing the sub count finally go up in a good way. Maybe use the poll command and on your way out, uh, go weigh in on the poll from today. Is sunsetting killing morale? As always, if you're listening elsewhere to this as a recording, you can always catch me live at SNTR live.com and as always please like share and subscribe